Sophia Biggerfish is back. Welcome to season two. I'm so happy that Be A Bigger Fish is back on the air and this season I take a closer look at the world of in-house podcasting. So that's the use of audio content inside organisations or institutions. I've already had plenty of thought-provoking conversations with a wide range of people who are interested in this topic and I really can't wait to share those with you. I'm starting the season with a conversation I had a little while ago with the fabulous Harriet Small. At the time of recording, Harriet was working at Sky and she's currently working as an internal communications professional in the transport sector. Harriet is an award-winning communicator with 12 years experience in journalism and public affairs as well as communications. She recently won the Institute of Internal Communications Rising Star Award 2019 and she sits on the FutureNet committee for the IOIC as well and in 2018 her Be Epic campaign for Merton Council was shortlisted for an Employee Engagement Award in the Internal Comms category. Harriet also curates a blog, Comms Over Coffee, and she's an ambassador of the Taylor Bennett Foundation. We'll find out a little more about both those things during the conversation. I'm particularly pleased that I start the season with this conversation, as Harriet is a keen podcast listener who poses lots of questions about how to use podcasts well inside organisations. So I hope you enjoy and learn as much from this conversation as I did. I'm really pleased to be speaking with Harriet today. Harriet, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you and what you do? So I'm Harriet and I am a internal communications manager at Sky. I work in their strategic insights team. Um, I'm also a blogger. I have a blog called Comms Over Coffee. Before I joined Sky, I was in the public sector working at Merton Council as a communications officer. And before that, I was with the European Union working on foreign missions. Wow, that sounds really daring. (laughs) Was it exciting? (laughs) Very, very exciting. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that or will on that scale again. Are you allowed to tell us anything about that or is it all completely secret? I think the biggest thing I can say is that because I worked quite a lot on elections and it is one of the most high pressured environments you can be in. And for a lot of people, they think elections start with the campaigns leading up to sort of the ballot day but actually elections start two three years even before the electoral commission in whatever country it is has announced and it's interesting to see those dynamics and how different factors play into that so whether that be law that be money that be power Mm. just seeing how all that comes together in that big melting pot of elections Yeah, that's fascinating. It must have been really good to get that insight from the inside. It's quite fascinating and also speaking to different players. So one of the things I used to get to do was to speak to some really high profile people. So chief justices, prime ministers, presidents and members of the European Parliament. And it's so interesting to hear 
how people have come into politics and their perspectives and how varied that is based on their backgrounds how, and how they view the world and also their own personal beliefs. Yeah, that must be really interesting work. Yeah. But not to underestimate the challenges that you have in your current role, because Sky sounds like quite an exciting employer to work for too. Yeah, it is very exciting. Yeah. I don't think I, I ever sort of get over the fact that I work, because I have to pinch myself sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. What a, what a great role to be in. Yeah. Well, I guess we kind of got together through your shared interest in two things, really. First, internal comms, because we're in that kind of internal comms network of people, and also through our love of podcasts, because I noticed that lately you've started sharing your commute podcasts in the morning on Twitter. Is that right? Yes. So that started off as sort of question, because people kept asking me, how did you find out about this what podcasts are you listening to and whenever I'd have conversations with people about various things I'd say I heard this on this podcast or I found this fact out on this podcast or I discovered this person in this podcast so I thought let me share that because there's so much professional and personal and entertainment content that comes out in podcasts and it's just so varied so I thought let me just share that with everybody that's a really good thing to do and is that the reason you listen to podcasts because there's so much sort of professional knowledge in them or do you have other reasons for that it's it's a mixture I think some of it is to do with access so on the professional side sometimes you don't always have access to some of the people who are being interviewed or who are sharing their stories or giving advice or speaking at different events so that was one thing for me that I really found fascinating about podcasts was that access into a different world and something that you don't always see. And the other thing as well I really liked about podcasts was people have more time on a podcast to share things. I think when you watch a TV show, I don't know whether it's Graham Norton or I don't know, Loose Women or whatever it is, people come on but they only have a sort of five to ten minute window to plug whatever they're plugging Mm. and then they're gone whereas on a podcast they sit down for 40 minutes sometimes even up to two hours and they or even more and just talk about life and talk about what they've been through talk about their stories and it it just opens up a whole new sort of perspective on that person and what the world is really yeah, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. And I know there's a lot of advice about how long a podcast should be. But interestingly, you've just said that one of the good things is that people can talk more at length. So do you enjoy longer podcasts? Do you think podcast sort of duration has a role to play in their success at all? There is a role to play. My favourite is actually Jamie Foxx on Tim Ferriss show. And I think that's about three hours of it's split into two things about three to four hours long and it is incredible but if it had been condensed into 40 minutes I would feel why have they taken something away from me they should have just given me everything but then I think there's also value in the short form podcasts because some topics if they go on for too long it, it just seems a bit draining but if the guest and the host can sustain it and there's that level of depth to the person and the subject matter then I think they should be allowed to flow and go on for longer than the sort of restricted time limit that they've been confined to. 
Yeah, that's a really interesting way to look at it because it's something I've thought about quite a lot. You know, I aim my podcasts to be roughly a certain length and then sometimes they're a lot longer and that feels right because, you know, if the conversation has been that vibrant for that length of time, it is it's a shame to lose any of it. So I think that's one of the great things about them. You can vary the length of them depending on, on the conversation. Yeah. So what else would you say are the traits of a really good podcast for you? I think it depends. So I think there should be an element of storytelling and where the story organically takes a life of its own, where you can see the beginning, the middle and the end. And then there's that journey. So whether that be the hero journey. So there's some podcasts where you, you maybe have only one person speaking about their life or they're being interviewed. I think it's always good when there's that aspect of where the person's allowed to sort of go through it with you and you feel you've been on a journey with them mm. and then I also like podcasts that where I learn something so after listening to it I sort of come away and I think oh I've learned something interesting from what that person said or from their life or maybe from their experience or them sharing an example I think I really enjoy that sort of element of it I do like some of the funny ones um yeah. so when there's humor it can be really good because then it just sort of takes the edge off a little bit yes I know what you mean yeah and and sometimes quite serious topics can be diffused in a way can't they through a, a little appropriate humor it is um, yeah. yeah quite powerful being such an advocate of podcasts is podcasting something you've built into your professional life at all so far so this is an interesting question because there's aspects of podcasting at the moment trying to be introduced but I think one of the biggest struggles that I am seeing and that I have with introducing podcasts is one the infrastructure to hold the podcast and two to do it on a platform where it can be sustained and having a strategy to implement it correctly so there's the thing of how do you share something so you can put a link in or you can send it via email but then you can't measure that you wouldn't know how people felt it's again it's a one-way conversation and it's about what well, why are we doing this so for me at the moment in my professional life we are looking at it but we want to do it in the best way possible because the danger is is that you rush to launch something and then it's not yet a fully formed idea which has good thinking behind it and then it falls flat yeah that makes perfect sense actually and and I think those are all perfectly reasonable questions to ask and that's one of the aims of the podcast series I'm hosting is to try and find out some answers to those questions so we can all share them as professional communicators be better informed about how they work internally you mentioned that it's difficult to measure the impact of, of podcast content in-house what for you would be a good you know measure of success from your podcast what would you like to see it do if you were to release one I think it comes back down to that why so for me if I was to release one in-house currently I think I would be looking at solving certain problems I think one of the some of the biggest problems I encounter or I see sometimes in organizations is through the onboarding process so when people come into an organization and they're still new that whole aspect of how do I find this policy how do I do this and and I think that would be an interesting aspect. So if a podcast was created around that and a good way of measuring it 
is then at different stages of the onboarding process, having that individual being able to sort of report back and say, I found this that I needed at this stage because of the content that was in the sort of welcome podcast, or this helped me fill out my yearly appraisal objectives, the way in which this organisation does it. And that content I found, or the information I found it from the podcast at this stage of the process, I think that would be helpful because then you see the impact of it. And that's where I think the measurement's good when it's how many people have listened or how many people have downloaded and subscribed. But it's always good to build in uh, an ability to be able to measure impacts. And I think for me, where I see the greatest benefit at the moment is either with the onboarding process or with remote workers or even to look at the aspects around career development especially in HR where people don't always have access to senior people in the business who actually they have a lot of historical knowledge about how to progress and how to build careers those are the kind of things that I would probably be looking at it in that scope. Do you know what there's some really great ideas in in what you've just said and I love the way that your aspiration for the career development content and, and getting sort of really senior leaders to capture that reflects what you said at the beginning about the fact that you listen to podcasts from people you probably couldn't access, you know, through any other medium. So I think you're spot on with that. It is a really great way to share great quality content and also people's personal views and put it into a medium that people can access when they need it. So it's not just broadcast at that time for the sake of it it's something people can draw on when they when they really need to hear that message yeah and i think when you're when we're looking at it making it more conversational i think what would be good is even when you're putting together that sort of campaign plan of how you're going to execute the podcast you could factor in there how you scope and get questions from various people within the organization and make it a conversation so they're answering questions that have been submitted by people within the organisation. So they're questions that staff have. So they're real questions that an average person in in various departments would have. And you can even make them very, depending on the size of the organisation, department specific. So for instance, if it's a consulting firm or an advertising agency, then it's specifically for account managers or it's specifically for marketers. And then they know that this is actually something that's relevant to us that when it comes to time for appraisals that information is front of mind so they're not struggling how do I fill this out what things do I need to think about actually you've had enough information given to you yeah absolutely and it's about being able to find the right information at the right time quite a lot isn't it so Mm -hmm. you know it's how to make that searchable and accessible I guess it's really interesting you've brought up the two-way potential of podcasts because I would say that's probably one of the biggest barriers to podcasting for a lot of people is that they're trying really hard to build in more dialogue inside organizations and find more two-way platforms for conversation so it seems counterintuitive to use a podcast because it's inherently kind of broadcast medium what are your feelings on that do you think it can be a good catalyst for for dialogue it depends on how the organisation is, is structured and how they've and how they've looked at wanting to use the podcast. An example I could probably think of, which is external, but I suspect it's also for it's mainly for internal, is Deloitte, the Green Room. Yeah, I think Rachel Miller suggested it on this on your podcast, and that's where I discovered it. So they have this some of their senior leaders who come, and normally it's a panel or it's two people interviewing one person. 
And what I find really interesting is that they get questions from within their organisation and they ask the people and it's it's very conversational. Yeah. And so you feel like there's that element of where people have had the input and this person's giving back. So it's less of I'm just here to talk about what I want to talk about and these are the sales figures and these because then there you run the risk of doing exactly the same thing that you would have done if it was in an email or, or in a sort of town hall review are you just reading the email are you just reading a script whereas I think when people go to things like podcasts they're looking for the more humanized and personalized content yes I completely agree with that wholeheartedly it's really interesting because so many people have worked alongside to make podcasts we have exactly this conversation it's how is audio content different from written content or even how is podcast content different from other audio content so you're right you you can record a town hall and I used to routinely record what we called all colleague calls so people could listen again to those but that's not quite the same as podcast content. It does have a more almost intimate conversational tone, doesn't it, podcast content? It's much more relaxed and you get the vibe that I think people are wanting to share much more and open up what they're doing. So we're having a sort of different discussion at the moment on social media about awards and how much of them are about sharing information and that kind of thing. But I think when you have podcast content internally it can also be an avenue for people to share their work in different departments and across teams especially in really big businesses or even in businesses that are stretched across different locations and different sites it gives people that perspective on what's happening in one place and how can we replicate that how can we learn best practice from that also what are they doing in their area of the business and celebrating each other's stories so you really have to sort of think about it from a good view and I think before anyone even starts thinking oh we want a podcast and that kind of thing I think it's really good to go back to those campaign objectives and figure out what problems are we solving and also looking at podcasts to see what's the best practice from various ones. That's an excellent point actually and and I think what's really interesting about where you're currently working you know when we think about Sky we think very much of that being a visual medium company you know we think about video effectively and streaming tv shows and that sort of thing do you use a lot of video content internally and how do you see a role for podcasts as opposed to using sort of video content? We use a lot of video content and we find video performs much better than any other content or not across our platforms. I make videos for our town halls and they go down quite well. Make short ones about what projects people are working on. And I think they've been received in a way where it wasn't something routinely done, but they're actually enjoying it. And I think the nice thing about audio and visual content is you've captured that person for that period of time they you have their attention now that it's sometimes it's especially with podcasts it's very difficult for them to sort of go away because now you've got them yeah I think internally I'll be be interested to see how we do that because we're so big so it will be interesting to see how we sort of figure that out with the priorities and how we navigate that across the leadership team and how they receive it because being the size that we are again with the whole factor about the infrastructure and where we store it and how we measure that will be 
it will be a challenge of how does how do people have it on their phone and know that it's a podcast as opposed to an audio recording on the website as with Deloitte theirs is uh, theirs is very sort of open anyone can listen to it it's out there in the world and I think some of the other big firms have podcasts but it would be interesting to see whether we go down that route or we have individual apps so I know HSBC have their own app and I wonder if they will ever put audio content on there for people to listen to Mm. so it just it's interesting to see how the dynamics of that work and whether with the flurry of companies that we have who develop all these platforms for us whether anyone will develop a platform which can host video and podcast content and that's secure so that companies have that assurance that when they create this content it stays for their staff and only for their staff yeah I I think that is quite a common concern actually from the conversations I've had online and it is a big philosophical decision isn't it is is the content designed to be shared with anybody or is it designed to be kept strictly in-house and you know how do we manage those boundaries is yeah Quite a big concern. From your perspective, what do you think is the appetite amongst workforces or colleagues for audio content? Do you think it's something they're starting to expect to have more now that podcasts are getting more popular externally? I'm a bit on the fence with this one because I think there's a certain audience that is expecting audio content but I think at the moment people want more especially I've noticed want more video because right. I think video had that first sort of frontier and it's gotten that popularity and it, it hasn't been explored as much and it hasn't been used to its full potential so I think a lot of people are still skewing towards video in terms of internal audiences people want video they want that video they can watch and for five for five minutes that will probably be the big brother at the moment I think audio and podcasts will come afterwards because video hasn't yet had its glory days I think it's still got time to mature and grow and then it will sort of fade out and then maybe make room for for audio and podcasts because there is a certain worry that it, it maybe it's the latest craze whereas video I think has proven itself sometimes I think people worry with podcasts and they think oh I have to do it and it has to go on forever <laughs> and it has to go until the end of time but there's beauty or there is some innocence or purity about podcasts where you can do it for a particular season or a particular topic so you can say that this is maybe going to be only for this period while we go through this product launch or to help us sort of understand this process or help our staff understand this new strategy we're launching and so people know it's for this specific time or it's for this specific event because people aren't able to come so for organizations that do massive conferences that go over two three days I think that's a really good platform for them to use that so people who weren't able to attend maybe certain sessions they can go back in and listen to it or they can also get the sort of vox pops from people in between keynotes can be recorded so that people can go back and listen to it in their own time I think that's where there's actually power to then play with that model a little bit more yeah that's a really good point and you're right you know it doesn't have to have a shelf life of forever you can have you can have content out there that you know is only going to be valid for a short time and then it can be just taken back down again Mm. is it one of those things that's going to sort of become an awards it's going to start being in awards categories or yeah are we going to see it more conferences as a topic like how are we going to start to 
explore it and see how how to really sort of start to share best practice about podcast really where we can take it yeah well I guess kind of informally that's what I'm hoping to achieve and I have seen a few people call for more podcast awards within our industry so there are general podcast awards Mm. but I think for the comms industry to be recognised, we might need to, you know, look within our own industry effectively. And yeah, I, I would join forces with the people who are calling for that and see if we can get podcast production recognised as something that should be judged for relative standards and relative effectiveness, just like all our other forms of communication are. So yes, I'm, I'm definitely joining that campaign. But you're right, there should be more case study material, more best practice kind of material around it too. It is an emerging medium. So I guess it's early days, but now is the right time to to start putting that together, right? Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think now is actually you said the right time to start putting that together and I think maybe we should professional bodies depending on which ones take it up it would be good for them to actually look at it and think how do we give practitioners a guide to thinking about this so that we don't all run off and create podcasts and then they don't work out because maybe we didn't share enough or we didn't have enough resources to be able to learn because I did a really interesting LinkedIn course on podcasts I did two actually and it was fascinating to listen to the technical side of it but I think what was lacking is how does that then relate to me in my industry and what I'm doing and how do I then develop sort of best practice guides because with a lot of other things we have uh, 10 rules or 10 suggestions for how to make an internal comm strategy better or five ways to boost your visual content or whatever it may be I think we just we may need to start thinking about how do we share best practice on things like podcasts whether we pull from the external world and we start giving examples from there and seeing how people have done things there and saying you know try this or try that or think about this knowing the constraints that a lot of in-house practitioners have with resources it's always good to know what you're getting into and how do you sort of record a podcast when you don't have all the sort of equipment so people don't work think oh I have to hire a studio and take my CEO to a studio and put on this big production so it's it's all that kind of stuff that I think we, we need to get our heads around. I think you're absolutely right maybe awards is one of the steps towards having some recognition and some benchmarking put in place to validate that process really. Yeah. Mm. Well that's really good food for thought. Yes, I think it's this whole thing about repurposing content and Mm. just um, so if you have podcast content, how do you repurpose that and then make that into something that we can use again at an event? Or if you have video content or you have written content or you have an event, how do you then think about this in terms of how do I get verbatim that I can use in a podcast to break up the audio in between how do I make sort of this content more exciting so that it can be transformed into something else so like frequently asked questions how do you make that exciting in terms of audio and a podcast especially when you have a remote workforce or maybe you have a workforce that are coming in and they won't have that historical knowledge when that project was being launched or done 
That's a great question. And it's something I talk about quite a lot with the people I work with, interestingly. So I've made quite a lot of podcast content and then I tend to write show notes with all the podcasts I produce. So it signposts where in the podcast, like the moments happened or the conversation changed or a question was posed or whatever. And quite a lot of people have taken that summary, show notes effectively, and turned that into blog content because it's quite easy to turn that into something that's written format but you do need to put some work into it. So I don't know if you've ever read like a verbatim transcript of a conversation. It's actually quite hard reading because you use lots of linking words and kind of informal speech, like I just did when you're talking, that reads really clumsily, you know, when you write it yeah. out. So there is a sort of finessing process that has to happen between the two. Because like you said earlier, if you just read out the company results onto a podcast, it would sound so fake because just reading something out in a podcast sounds like completely the wrong format for that. It is different, but the information is durable. So the information can transform from one format to another format really, really well. I so agree with you. I think I think it's how do we get the most out of this process so if we're doing a video how do we get the most out of it and how do we get the most eyes on it at a specific time and that's why sometimes I sort of say to people is I would rather keep a video for a conference or a town hall or a place where I know for sure I'm going to get the eyes on it rather than just sending a link it's always trying to ensure that you know you're going to get that attention because we're all competing for attention so it's, yeah it's how do I get that attention when I sort of need it and I think if you can be able to interchange and change a good conversation into a book like when I see people taking tweets or even like little clips and then turning them into memes and then turning them into something else it's just yeah it amazes me yeah it's a fascinating process actually are there any benefits to podcasting you can see um, working in-house that we haven't explored yet it works for different people so I know that there's some people all across different industries and sectors who may not be confident standing up and doing a presentation in front of a crowd or a large group but they are brilliant in conversation so it helps to bring them into the conversation and give them a platform to shine and to share their ideas and to share their views because then it's taken away that barrier that would have actually maybe prohibited them from speaking or being able to share what they had in mind because public speaking in a big forum is not their natural talent so I think that for me is one of the biggest things because it also and it also gives people who maybe don't have a lot of experience with public speaking the opportunity because if it's done in a conversation style then they can then just have a chat and then that can be recorded and shared. And, and there's so much value in that authentic interaction that people can just get so much of that relatable feeling from hearing someone's views on something and they maybe they wouldn't have stood up in a town hall or they wouldn't have sat on a panel. Maybe for them to have that conversation about something that they feel confident about and that being recorded as a podcast I think that opens up a whole nother avenue for that sort of communication. I'm really glad you you brought that up because I, I completely agree with that it's not everybody's forte to stand in front of a room full of people or even to stand in front of a camera so I found that myself it's quite surprising even very senior people feel completely intimidated by a camera but 
when you're recording a podcast, if it's a conversation, particularly with just one other person, it feels completely different. Yeah, it does. And it, and I think also, depending on how the equipment's set up, I think after a while, people just forget that it's there. And I think also it gives the organisation that assurance that sometimes it needs that other people and other characters within the story of the organization should be part of the comms and should be able to speak on their subject areas or their different parts of the business or even if it's talking about difficult topics I think sometimes if especially we're moving to a time when we need to talk much more about things like mental health or diversity and inclusion or talking about much more how organizations are going through really tough times depending on where you work and sometimes standing up in front of a large audience and talking about that is very difficult but when you're doing it one-on-one with somebody you sort of take off that veil and if you're comfortable with the person you're talking to you can open up so much more than you probably would if you were in front of a large group so it, it also helps with that because it just it makes it's comfortable especially when you're dealing with a hard topic yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, what better way to share colleague voice, you know, the goal that a lot of us have to have colleagues' voices heard more inside the organisation. You know, you're right, it takes away the pressure of standing up in a formal situation. Um, and instead, it focuses on the conversation. Um, yeah. So I wanted now to ask you about something that's also podcast related, but a bit more personal to you. So I have the idea that you're thinking about doing some podcasting yourself would you like to talk a little bit about that I wrote a blog series earlier in the year called Broke Girls Guide to Professional Development and it was off the back of a Twitter chat that we did in Power and Influence hosted by LMNT and it was Dan Caveney doing this particular one we were talking about professional development and how much of an investment it is and how much people sort of struggle with understanding what do I need to do when and why and how and where and with who and all the rest of it in terms of mentoring whether I go for awards or whether I speak at conferences or whether I sort of do a professional course to be able to go to the next level do I learn strategy all that mind-boggling stuff yeah so I did this blog series about doing on a budget and in the last part I went out and asked different people for tips and advice and I realized that people have so much different knowledge of what they do and what they can offer and also I realized that my constraints may be money but somebody else's constraints may be time another person's constraints may be their distance or access yeah and so I'm going to do a lecture for the Taylor Bennett Foundation and as a gift to the people who will be at the lecture I'm recording podcasts with different people in the comms industry so that's external internal comms agency side in-house as much as people allow me to sort of record them and then get their thoughts on it that's fantastic and what a great idea to follow up on something that caught your imagination I suppose from a twitter chat and you you turn that into something that's got a life of its own now and yeah I've read those blogs they're really good really helpful it's it's kind of a really generous thing that you've done you know to pull all that information and share it to now be turning it into a podcast is fantastic So what 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 are you hoping the outcome of your podcast will be? Do you have any aspirations for it? I have quite a few. So one is that the 
people who listen to it begin to feel more empowered about professional development because I think it's one of those areas where people get a bit scared of oh I can't go for this conference and then I'm not developing or it's maybe seen as something that you you have to belong to one of the big professional bodies in order to be able to keep up with your CPD and doing all that kind of stuff so it's about sort of introducing people to the different aspects of what you can do in your own time and on limited resources and also how do you think about that as a team when you're working in an organization how do you bring that resource in-house how do you share with other organizations with other practitioners it's really interesting to see how people do things really differently so that's one I really want people to feel empowered and I think the other one is just to start a conversation as well about the cost of some of these things especially when it comes to conferences because <laughs> there's something really interesting in that that I I do in like part of work outside of work is I volunteer for a digital group and we set up meetups all across London in the digital PR comms oh, marketing wow. space and we charge five pounds or some of them are free and it's saying like what are the other alternatives that we can actually give people that don't cost that much especially I always think about people who are at the level where you're sort of thinking about the next steps in your career but you don't always have the access to certain people so could alternative events like that start to exist in our space where they are open for everybody to come and sort of network whether that be during the day or in the evening but finding those spaces where they are affordable and they're not always in London and the topics are very diverse and it's bring your own coffee and your own croissant but we'll give you the space and we'll organize the speakers so we do things like that in order to try and open up yeah, absolutely. I think where there are opportunities to do those sorts of things, they're really powerful. And just getting together for conversation with peers is as good an opportunity to learn as, you know, many others in my experience. So nice way to return to podcasts as well, because I think for me, that's one of the brilliant things about them is that generally podcasts are free. And I think it's something you highlighted at the very beginning. You can get free access to some of the most brilliant minds on the planet. So, you know, why wouldn't you do that? What would you recommend as your favourite podcast to listen to at the moment? So there's a, there's a couple, I think, in terms of internal comms, we've got the internal comms podcast with Katie McCauley, which I find really good for me because a lot of what the practitioners talk about, I go through or I can relate to. Yeah. I think in terms of business and getting to grips with how the business world works and what to think about as a creative, sometimes I really like to listen to NPR, How I Built This, and seeing the story of companies and TED Talks. And also, I've really, really enjoyed Charles Day, Fearless, which is all about leadership. And he talks to so many different people about leadership. And finally, probably, which the man of the hour, Bruce Daisley, Eat, Sleep, Work, Repeat. It's just one of those podcasts that no matter where you start, whether you go back X number of months or even further, you can always catch up and it always has something that you sort of leave and you think, wow, I've learned something new. And you leave thinking, actually, that's quite interesting. So, yeah, those are my favourite at the moment. Awesome. That is a really great list. 
Well, thank you so much for your time and for all of that lovely conversation, which I've really enjoyed. And there's loads of food for thought in there too that I am honestly taking on board. I think you're absolutely right about having best practice, having maybe awards, having more structure that we share as an industry. So yeah, it is something I'm I'm thinking about too. And I'm really excited about your podcast that's coming out. I'll be keeping my eyes open for that. Been fabulous thank you so much You're really enjoyed welcome. speaking to you thank you for having me huge pleasure yeah take care then you too i'm so grateful to harriet for getting season two of be a bigger fish off to such a good start the themes she brings up and the questions she poses, such as her call for best practice for in-house podcasting, are spot on. I'm really hoping this season of Be A Bigger Fish will help to gather together the best perspectives in the industry so we can all learn from each other. Thanks so much for listening in and a special thank you to anybody who left some feedback or some commentary or a rating on season one of the podcast and to those people who support us on social media. It really does make a huge difference to get that kind of response and it is really inspiring. So thank you so much. Episode two features Keith Lewis and it will be out very soon. It also includes an invitation for you to have your voice heard on the podcast too. So I really hope you'll tune in for that. In the meantime, you're more than welcome to contact me on social media. I'm at Peppermint Fish C. So that's just Peppermint Fish with the letter C at the end for communications um, on Twitter or Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. I'm Debbie Aurelius and I'm at Debbie Aurelius on Twitter or on LinkedIn. And you can access some show notes, which include links to Harriet's contact and Harriet's brilliant blog. If you head over to beabiggerfish.net. Thanks so much. And I look forward to seeing you at episode two. Bye for now.